Welcome to Rutten Radio. Rutten Radio is a monthly podcast we bring you the first Wednesday of the month with the Rutten Brothers, Father Paul Rutten, pastor of Immaculate Conception Parish in Watertown, Father John Rutten, pastor of St. John Paul II Parish in Harrisburg, and Joe Rutten, professor and director of the Benedictine Institute for Leadership, Ethics, and Social Justice at Mount Marty College. Let's join them now for a little faith, family, and plenty of fun. Good morning, Sioux Falls! How we doing, brothers? And beyond. Oh, and beyond. Come on. Oh, Buzz Lightyear. <laughs> I gotta get into those those good cartoons with my kids. I should have. Oh, can't forget I, and beyond. How we doing, fellas? I don't know good. that I will ever... Well, the month of September has arrived, and uh, so here we are with Real Presence Radio, and I'm your host, Joe Rutt, and I'm joined, as always, by my brothers, Father John and Father Paul. So just doing a little check-in here, fellas, as September rolls around. I know I'll get to it. It's a, it, This is important, but football season is geared up, and that means something to the Ruttons, mm-hmm. uh, to most of us, and so with that, I'll get to, I'll get to that, but... Let's check in with you fellas. Sure. What have you guys been up to? What's going on at the church? Well, you know, it's uh, school starts. It's one of my favorite times because we have a little grade school. So we have preschool through sixth grade uh, and all the kiddos showed up yesterday. And it's fascinating to watch because you get those new parents with their first kid <laughs> and there's tears and there's just this like, separation anxiety and they're taking pictures and taking and then pictures there's the mother of five pictures. kids who's dropping off their last kid who's in fifth grade oh, who yeah. sort of zips on by mm-hmm. slows down enough for the kid to jump out and away <laughs> she goes and they don't even take a picture and you see the whole gamut you see the whole uh-huh. gamut and i think to myself we just have to be where we're at though like neither one is right or wrong yeah but to realize that for those who it's new it, it's a process for those that have been around the block a couple times, it, it it's not quite the process, right. but it's always fun. It's always fun to take pictures and just to see the excitement for the kids to come back uh, and to just be a part of it all. Uh, so that for us is the the sign that things are up and up and running in, in many ways. Also, we're fortunate uh, up in our area. We have a family uh, that has a hunting lodge, oh, nice. uh, and they open it up to the priests for a little R and R. They cook us food. We usually go golf in Clark. John, can uh-huh. I borrow your collar for that? <laughs> <laughs> uh, so again, uh, just some relaxation before the the beginning of all that, that ensues. And I know everyone else started a couple weeks ago, a mm-hmm. week ago or whatever. Yeah. But for us, we just uh, got started. Actually, as long as you just don't try and celebrate mass. Right. I, I'll, I'll bow I mean, out. They won't be wearing clerics. We're not wearing clerics. We're not going to know. Oh, you know. <laughs> just, and, and, you might have yeah, seen when it beer. comes to yeah. mass, and it's just not, say, I mean, you know, guys, I'm going to you know, say mass on my own. I mean, today, what are the chances you know? that in a group of 100 priests or 50 priests that they're going to ask me for a confession, right? Like, you know, they got other priests that can do that. So as long as they don't ask for confession and I don't have to celebrate mass. I'll bet no more than five priests would figure it out. If you shaved, we should do it. Well, just oh, wait a minute. No, no, no. <laughs> oh, yeah. like, I'm telling everybody. I mean, no, we should never try something like that. <laughs> well, just right, don't right, impersonate. Right, right. <laughs> well, you're the one that's going to be canonically in trouble, so uh, impersonating a priest. But Anyways, that was what uh, okay, I We won't do awesome. that. We will never well, that's great. sacramentally that's a wonderful, uh, impersonate. I know the brotherhood is important uh, for you, and so it's good to see you get some, yeah. some time out and... 
enjoy the outdoors at the same time. Father John, what have you been up to? Yeah, we are, um, school's already in the session and rolling around. The big thing for us, though, is uh, the um, new employees were really sort of coming together. Now, talk, talk to me a little bit about that. If we have a new listener out there or something, yeah, right? Yeah, I'm the you... founding pastor of St. John Paul II Parish. There's been a lot of growth in the city of Sioux Falls. And in this town, which was 500, is now 5,000 and is soon to be 15,000. And they had no Catholic church. There we are. And Harrisburg. Harrisburg. Uh, so we started myself. I just went out there. And then within a month, Paul Monarchy showed up. And then things have sort of moved along. And in one year, now we're at a place we've got... Um, a uh, finance person coming for just a few hours a week. We've got a uh, religious ed person for a few hours a week. We've got Paul Monarchy doing some great things. North We've Bender. got a deacon. Uh, Glenn Ritter now is uh, sent in mission with us. And as well, um, we've had a number of seminarians over the summer. We're going to have another seminarian that just came. Sent on be mission. Like for a year. And then we just hired a communications director. Ooh. Full wow. time, full time, because I am so certain that the biggest challenge we have isn't uh, primarily teaching today. Uh, you can teach all you want, but the biggest thing we need to do is communicate what God is doing. Right. And so amazing things are happening in Harrisburg, but it's like me telling the same story over and over again. And I'm like, we need to find somebody who God gifted with this talent mm -hmm. to do this. And one day I just said that. And then she, this oh. lady, Adrian, said one day, Father, what if that's me? I'm like, oh, no way. <laughs> that would be <laughs> that epic. is done. <laughs> Uh, so yeah, so it's just Excuse this new thing. Me, it's kind of like the family that's growing. All of a sudden, we're this office. I used to go in in the morning, and Paul Monarchy smiled at me, and we just went and did our things, and we sort of knew work together. And yeah. all of a sudden, all of a sudden, we got this like team. And I'm <laughs> like, you know, the deacons like, uh, Father, uh, the bulletin said this time for mass, and you say this time, or you know, should I sure. preach or not preach, or you know, all these things. And I'm like, oh my gosh, oh. A lot of this comes down to communications problems. Mm. Ah, I'm glad Adrian's on the team now. Yeah, so, that's awesome. Yeah, we've just started off with this and uh, really grateful to be seeing what God is doing among us here um, in Harrisburg. Wonderful. Outstanding. Uh, we kind of started our new jobs at the same time, I think. We did right? almost and at the so exact same time. Yeah. Isn't it amazing? Sometimes I feel like nothing's happened, and then sometimes I feel like I'm like, oh my goodness, if, if people... If, if like, look at everything that's happened, like, it's just like, it just goes on and on and on. And it probably just depends upon my mood at the moment, but yeah. it's amazing what the Lord does. And I love how he just kind of, when you just surrender, that's yeah. a hard thing to do though. We'll get back to that. Well, Joe, what Joe, you, Joe, yeah, Joe, Joe, what have you been up to? Please, please tell us. Uh, Joe. Well, we want to know. know. Uh, the change the world, of the seasons. The world you, wants to know. Yeah, right. So beyond so, Sioux Falls, uh, beyond Sioux Falls to, to China and beyond, um, you mentioned it, Paul, the changing of the seasons, right? Yeah. I love when the weather changes a little bit, um, but school kind of is the piece that trips the first domino for me for the season change. Mm -hmm. And as a teacher for 10 years previously, church work five, you really, I'm really built personally and professionally on a school calendar, and I love it. It's one of my favorite things in the world is this. I get to be a kid all over again. Like the excitement isn't just the kids. Like teachers love this. Like I was talking to one Rich Loftus, a history professor at Mount Marty. I was talking about how sad he gets in the summer. Now he doesn't have a family, right? He, he, so, so, you know, it's not like 
the kids are his family. Like he oh, devotes sure. as a vocation, his calling is to education. Sure. In the summer, it's like, well, it's great for a little while, but like, I want to get, let's get back at this thing, right? So there's a lot of excitement in, in, in school systems and the teachers are a part of that too. So shout out to all the teachers out there. Um, football. Football. Notre Dame football, baby. Yeah. Uh, we love our Notre Dame football. It's an outstanding opportunity. I just love the passion that's around it, the pageantry, the tradition, all those fun things. Knights and Noel Gorman and everything else, right? It's just yep. fun to be a part of. And then next month, um, I go to the Grand Canyon with 130 freshman students from Mount Marty College. Oh, my gosh. As we roll out this Benedictine Leadership Institute and the renewed initiatives uh, that so I the get whole to be a part class of. The whole freshman class. I thought just those that were, oh, I thought it was going to be like a dozen. <laughs> no, I get to take. Please tell me somebody else is helping. <laughs> <laughs> Don't worry, parents. Your, your kids are in good hands. Please, uh, please tell me that's you have the somebody that's helping. The, that's the beauty of um, being a part of you know an institution. Uh, being a part of Mount Marty is there is uh, Wyatt Yeager is an events coordinator oh, for the college. Oh, Wyatt, Wyatt, so he, you're in good hands. Yeah, so no he coordinates you know all yeah. the, the the buses and the we're, we literally stay at the lodge on the south rim of the Grand Canyon. Wyatt's wife works for the state park, the, the federal park system. Oh. So there's all kinds of great things sure. that he gets to be a part of. So I get to kind of do what I do well. Wyatt gets to do what he does well. And then we partnered with Molly Christensen of Empowered Coaching. She's a life coach in town. Oh. Um, you might know her as Molly Walsh, one of the Walsh twins. Uh, oh, yeah. And so we've partnered with her to build out this leadership program. So... That's what I'm up to. Lots of great things All going right. on. But let's move on here, fellas. We got a fantastic conversation for the first segment here of Rutten Radio. Here on Real Presence Radio, you can follow us on Facebook. You can follow us on Real Presence uh, uh, websites, all that fun stuff. Really, the easiest is just download the the, the, app. the app. Yep, it's that simple. You can listen to it anywhere you're at. And just uh, in case it's not that easy, when you download the Real Presence Radio app. You go under podcasts, and there's three top options. One of those options is labeled special events. Because we're... Because we are special. special. <laughs> and Perfect. under that, you're going to find Father Mike Schmitz, the awesome Father Mike Schmitz. You're yeah. going to find Word on Fire, Ooh, fa- uh, Bishop wow. Robert Barron, and, <laughs> and Rutten, Rutten Radio. Radio. <laughs> <laughs> That's awesome. That's awesome. Well, guys, you can just press play, press play, listen to us, but keep playing. <laughs> the good stuff will come after no, us, but yeah. don't so, forget us. That's where uh, we're, we're at. sandwiched. We're like we're like the meat between the the, <laughs> the bread. But, uh, you know. Oh Lord, oh. have mercy. Christ well, have it's mercy. Fantastic. Lord, have mercy. <laughs> All right, let's get to the All movie. Right. The, the movie of the month. To celebrate the opening of a school year, yeah. we want to talk about education today. Excellent. And so our movie of the month is Dead Poets Society, yes. one of the epic films of all time in my yeah. mind, one of Robin Williams' greatest. Yeah. And I just think there's so many things that, are, that we could talk about and pick apart within the yeah. movie. Just first, I'll give the parental warning, and then Father Paul, you can kick it off with some of the conversation. But uh, it is a challenging movie. Yeah. Because it is presented with something that is challenging, and that is suicide. Yeah, But we know today that it's not to be avoided. We need to talk about sure. it, that it needs to be a present in yeah. our conversation. So we're, we're not avoiding it, but just parents no. out there, if you're watching with younger kids, a little disclaimer yeah. that, that it 
doesn't necessarily end on an up note. Yeah. So with that, yeah, Father there's Paul, also a little bit also a teenage uh, yeah, young yeah, boys yeah, yeah. things in it. So just just to be aware of that as you're, you're watching. No, I mean, I was it was kind of a fascinating, <laughs> you know, it'd been a long time since I'd watched it. So as I sat down to watch the movie, uh, I just realized that challenge of trying to instill tradition, mm. uh, but tradition in a way that it's not dead. Uh, and so you begin to see again, so that's the same thing, like some of the new kids coming in and they're all nervous and the older kids are just, you know, they're back at it and they know exactly how the system works and, and all of, all of that aspect, uh, that we find in it. Um, and so what we begin to see is, is there's a new kid who is, is in the school system, uh, and a small group of them become friends. Uh, and one of the main characters, Neil has to be his roommate. Uh, you know, and so it's that awkwardness, like, oh, why did I have to be his roommate? And, you know, that challenge that sometimes we get placed in circumstances with people that we maybe don't necessarily want to be with. And yet in the end, this friendship develops over, over time as well. Um, that, that's, that's important. But the main thing is they get a new English teacher, uh, and the new English teacher is, is Mr. Keating, uh, or as they want, or you could call him Robin Williams, but, but what does he say? Or you can call me. Oh, Captain, my oh, captain. captain, my captain. It is absolutely one of my favorite scenes in the whole thing when he stands on the desk. Yeah. And then all of a sudden I'm like, wait a minute here. That's what I do it. Like subconsciously, is this why I do it? Because but why does he I do want... it? What does he say? What does he say before he, he says, uh, just when you think you know something, you have to look at it from a from different, a different perspective. perspective. And he stands on the desk. Yes. And he said, life looks different from here. And then he makes them do it. Yep. And I think this is the other key. This is the challenge. So often, I think in education, we tell people about something, but they never actually get to experience it. Right. And so it wasn't enough for Mr. Keating to stand on a desk and say, if you stand on a desk, you have a different perspective. But he simply said, everyone's going to do it. Now you do it. Stand on this desk. Stand on this desk. Stand on this desk. <clears throat> and what was important, I think, throughout all of it and in the different things that he does is, in a sense, there was no right or wrong answer as long as you were authentic to yourself. Mm. So whether you boldly stood on the desk and said something or you just got up there and stepped back down, he didn't fault you uh, because you did it. Mm -hmm. And it was your experience. Uh, and it was the ability for them to hopefully see something from a different perspective. I don't know about you guys, but have you ever, I mean, I can still remember like rollerblading. I'm like, oh my gosh, if I had another two inches, you see like all these other things. Oh yeah. You can see like, all, you can I always see, think like, about church, shelf. right? You see all kinds of things. When At you're church, short, if I was just a few inches taller, like I'd be able to see so much, <laughs> you know, but instead I'm like four foot 10 and I can't see anything. <laughs> But as we know, the the problem is, is, is Robin Williams' character, Mr. Keating, comes mm -hmm. in, and what he's beginning to do is he's beginning to crack this rigid tradition that isn't really transmitting life. Right. Uh, and one of the things that I think was, was really helpful in the movie that Robin Williams did is he let them know he was where they were once. Mm-hmm. You know, he, he says that the, you know, cause they've got their four pillars. Uh, what are they? The, uh, tradition, honor, discipline, excellence. And then the students have their four pillars that they say to themselves when nobody's looking and he repeats them. Mm. 
and they're like, wait a minute, <laughs> you know, our pillars, you, you, how do you know, you know, and they're kind of like, right? that's an inside thing. And so it's, but, but I think it's the first time they see a teacher who can actually say, I've been where you're at. Mm-hmm. I've been where you're at and right. I want you to come somewhere with me. Uh, I want to take you somewhere. Right. I want to lead you somewhere. It's outstanding. Uh, and, and so it was, it was really fascinating because they were shocked. And then he just walks away. Mm-hmm. You know, again, this, this ability, he just, that was it. Let him stew, let him think, let him ponder. Uh, I'm not going to give them everything. I'm not going to make them do it just the way I think they should do it. Oh, it's so uh, hard though in education, not to just want to open their brains and pour in a bunch of information, yeah. shut the brain, give them a test and think you've done your job. Yeah. I mean, that really is a, it's a challenge for me personally, but as you look at education, what, what kind of tripped me with, with dead poet society is the, is, is passion, like his passion for what he is doing. Like this matters to him, right? right? You talked about the, they go into the cave, right? Of the dead poet society where they, they sneak out at night. They go to the secret cave where they read from the, the long lost poets of old, right? One, yeah, yeah. Whitman. And, and, and <laughs> about like, uh, letting the drool like how does he say it i forget how he says it but you know it's like sucking the marrow sucking from the bone <laughs> of life sucking the marrow from the bone of life like that's an right. epic line yeah. Yeah. to think that this is how passionate we ought, we ought to live or can live yeah. this thing that we we've been given here yeah. and then how many of us personally me how often do i maybe just coast through the thing not pay attention to what's sure. going on but and so he has this deep passion mm-hmm. for for living yeah and what he does is he arouses within the students a curiosity that was right. not present before right Yep. And then they begin their journey, right? Yeah. I always think sometimes in education, we are constantly trying to push the student up the hill. Sure. And not inspiring them to walk themselves, right? Because I can be done pushing. I don't need to keep pushing you. I've got other kids to go push, right? If that's if that's the philosophy. But if I light a flame yeah. that inflames you and you begin your self-education, you begin walking on your own, then I can go work with other people and come back and check in and see how you're doing and give yeah. you direction and insight and guidance and you know see if you're really on the right track. And But if I'm constantly trying to push you, the minute I stop pushing what happens to the rock, it rolls right back down the yeah. hill. Yeah. And that's what I see here is all of a sudden they become motivated themselves. Yeah to an education in life. Yeah. Yeah. And so again, this, this dead poet society is this secret group that existed within the the school system uh, in days gone by. And when they find his picture in the yearbook, they see it. Uh, and, and again, he doesn't tell them to do it. He just simply explains what it what was and what it can be. And gives them this freedom. And again, I think one of the things that I think in our culture we struggle with is it, there is no there is no structure to how it has to be. Mm-hmm. You know, and so everyone's sort of doing their own little thing in in in, in the cave. You know, like they bring their lamp, and and then <laughs> and then the guy brings girls. And there's this question, like, well, can girls be part of this group? And it's like, well, but why why can't they uh-huh. if they want to? live and they want to be inspired and they, and they want that. And one of the lines that I think was really important uh, or really struck me was they said, being 
means you have to be stirred up by things. Mm-hmm. And what I find it, and I don't know if you notice this too, you, you look around and you're like, what, what excites people? Like, like really, like, are we, are we passionate mm. or do we help kids to find some passion uh, in things so they can be, uh, but, but we don't, uh, you know, we, we just kind of tell them things, you know? Uh, and, and so that idea of, of the challenge, um, of all of that, I think also one of the other topics that was important is he, he covered the idea of conformity and how we really do conform, you know, so he brings them out into the courtyard and then he has the three guys walk in a circle and in the beginning, each of them walk their own way. And then he, he's like making fun of the way they walk and the way they are. And, and then they all of a sudden start walking in sync and then everyone else starts clapping, uh, and he said, I didn't have to tell you to do any of that. There is this innate desire to conform because we want to belong. But he said, you also need to know who you are. And then he says, everyone walk your own way. <laughs> and they're all like, walking. Uh, and then there's the one guy that sits over on the, on the side and he won't walk. Uh, and, and Kitty's like, hey, you're not walking. He's like, I'm exercising my right to not walk. <laughs> and you know and there's Keating, always that kid. And Keating's like, good, you get it. <laughs> right. But, but are we willing yeah. at times to just step out and to not conform? You know, it's hard, right? I mean, God bless you starting a new parish. I bet everyone tells you how it's supposed to be done. Well, yeah. I mean, every every other parish had a group of people that went out and did it. You know, I went by myself. Everyone else, you know, get a house where you have a rectory and then you can have meetings in there yeah. and a duplex or something. We got a office space in a strip mall. <laughs> yeah. Um, you know, yeah, it was totally, I mean, a communications director. Shouldn't we hire a director of religious education full time right now? That would seem <laughs> the most important thing that you want. We need to teach our kids. We hire a communications director. I don't even know a parish in Sioux Falls that has a communications director, uh, let alone (laughs) doing it before the DRE. Right. Um, Yeah. I mean, there's, and there's a great risk in doing that. And then you have to, you know, do you feel like, do you have to justify yourself or do you have to, you know, what if you're making a mistake or what if you're not? And the real questions that sort of provoke me with some of this is what is it that we're being, what is it that we're being faithful to? What is it that I'm being faithful to in all of this? Uh, because in a sense I can be passionate, um, and I can be inspiring and I can stand on desks, but I mean, I can also do that for, you know, successful businesses and get people all excited because they're going to have a career and they're going to like, is Mm -hmm. that what we're, so what is it that, that we're doing? And, um, in a way, what I, the, the dimension I think is important is, that we're talking about awakening a heart. We're talking about awakening the center of a person. And so that can kind of be the litmus test. Is that what's happening? Or am I just awakening their desire for money, awakening their Mm -hmm. desire for pleasure, for honor, for, you know? But if I can say like, and you can see it in young people, like it's not just a teaching issue for teachers. It's like a a life issue. How do we awaken a person? Uh And you can see the kids when they're like totally in a different world. Yep. And then you can see the kid when they're like in front of you. Yeah. And it's like, what was that? What happened there? Mm-hmm. Uh, and there is this recognition that 
you do have to live something. You have to, the adult, the educator has to find life fascinating themselves. Right. Right. Yeah. It's, you know, and this is what Robin yeah. Williams does. It's right. like, right. so everybody that watches the movie is actually fascinated by something real, not just the actor Robin Williams, but he's living a proposal that's actually for humanity. That's why the yeah. movie has transcended almost 30 years. Right. And you can say to anyone, Dead Poet Society, or you can stand on a desk and everybody's yeah. like, you're being Robin Williams. Yeah. <laughs> you know? Or yeah. if they haven't seen it, you say, watch it and then we'll talk. Yeah. Yeah. Because there's a heart thing yeah. that awakens that it just moves with everybody. It's a human longing. Uh, and so there's an individual individuality that you say, I want to belong to that. That's like me. But there's also the same thing that everybody, um, what I'm inspiring, what I'm desiring is to have to be alive. Um, and, and there's no question that in this movie, the movie itself makes me want to be alive. Right. But then it also for 30 years or 10 years, I'm like, well, how do I be a part of that? And it just, you can also think it's only a dream. It's only a Mm -hmm. possibility or like, and I just, and then I end up at the bottom of a bottle. desiring this longing. The question also is, is it possible for that to happen in real life? Can we point to real life where someone's awakened? Which is why it's essential that Robin Williams has what it is that he's proposing. He can't propose something to the kids and not possess that himself if he authentically wants them to receive it. The lived witness of life, right? Of the Christian faith, of what it... um, so as we kind of wrap up this first half hour of Man, uh, the, we didn't the I know we didn't even touch, touch it. We didn't even, didn't even talk touch about it. it. We got to no. stop talking about ourselves in the beginning. Yeah, <laughs> we're probably no, so <laughs> awesome. We'll leave, so leave the we'll leave the catch hey, up hey, for hey, the hey, end. Hey, I always think that it's it's worth inviting the target audience to tell us what they would like ah. us to talk about. Well, like yeah, sometimes sure. we think we know what we what? should be. Should so we practice what we're preaching right now? And say, okay, you're everybody. What is it that you would desire us to do more of? Yeah. Are we inspiring what? you to open your hearts? What's inside there? Do you care about Notre Dame football? <laughs> no. Well, as we wrap up this first half hour, it's been a fantastic conversation in our Faith and Culture series about Dead Poet Society. A little warning just for parents. You know, if you got young kids or something, there's some adolescent behavior, and uh, there's also it's uh, it, it has a suicide part of it. And so we want to make sure that you're aware of that as you get into the movie, but absolutely it's worth watching. Father Paul, I, I think that we could even bring it back and visit a number of the topics yeah. again. Oh, it just, and then to, to know that that's how Robin Williams' life came to an end. Right. Oh my gosh. You know, so the whole time you're watching right. it, you just... And, and this is why I think it's really important we ask ourselves, is this, have we seen this and is it possible? Because otherwise we live in front of these false images yeah. of media and we say we're awakened, but we don't know if it's true. Right. But I, it is. Yeah. Maybe we can. Amen. Let's wrap it up on that. Let's ask the Lord and the Holy Spirit to be present to each one of us. If you're listening out there, we ask that you would consider inviting the Lord into your hearts and your lives this day, that you might live authentically a witness that produces life. Amen. Amen. We'll see you after the break. You're listening to Rutten Radio on the RPR Network. Don't go anywhere. We'll be back with more of the Rutten Brothers after these messages. Big Rig Barbecue brings a Texas-style barbecue to South Dakota. They use a real wood smoker for all their meats every single day. Big Rig Barbecue serves sliced brisket, pulled pork, chicken, and ribs. They offer pre-orders for smaller events and gatherings and cater for large events, including parties, meetings, and graduations. Big Rig Barbecue's new sit-down location is on the corner of 41st and Minnesota. Their website, BigRigBBQ.net. 
Broomtree Retreat Center near Irene, South Dakota, invites you to a fruit-filled weekend with Our Mother, the Virgin Mary, October 12th through the 14th. The Marian Retreat, directed by Dr. Terry Kemmer, begins Friday evening and ends Sunday afternoon. At this retreat, you will journey with Mary through Scripture as you ponder her life and actions. To register for the retreat, call 605-263-1040 or register online at broom-tree.org. The Holy Catholic Church infallibly teaches that the second person of the Most Holy Trinity, our Lord Jesus Christ, is present body, blood, soul, and divinity in the Most Blessed Sacrament, and that it is a sacrilege to receive Holy Communion in the state of mortal sin. Let us pray the Fatima Prayer to the Most Holy Trinity. Most Holy Trinity, Father, Son, and Holy Spirit, I adore Thee profoundly. I offer Thee the most precious body, blood, soul, and divinity of Jesus Christ, present in all the tabernacles of the world, in reparation for the outrages, sacrileges, and indifferences whereby He is offended. And through the infinite merits of His most sacred heart and the immaculate heart of Mary, I beg of Thee the conversion of poor sinners. Amen. Mary, Mother of the Church, pray for us. This is Rutten Radio on the Real Presence Radio Network. Now, back to more faith, family, and fun with the Rutten Brothers. Welcome back here to Rutten Radio, live with Real Presence Radio, coming from the plains of the Dakotas as we talk about education today in this hour-long segment. We had Dead Poet Society in the first half hour and Faith and Culture segment. And now we're going to kind of dive a little bit deeper into this idea of what is education. Uh, Father Paul, you had an interesting insight over the break. Um, you had mentioned the sure. point where 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 uh, Mr. Keating and the headmaster or one of the other teachers are up talking, and and they're talking a little bit about what are we doing here with education. Would you use that as the jumping off sure, point? Sure. Yes. <clears throat> so there's a scene, because he has such a radical way of teaching, it's causing people to notice and, and a stir and uh and they're talking about what what's the point of education uh and mr keating says i'm trying to create free thinkers and he's like free thinkers at 17 who'd heard of it <laughs> and it was like and he's dead serious <laughs> yeah and i thought oh my gosh like he's when when do you let People think freely. And is there something necessary for them to be able to think freely mm-hmm. and to properly put together a thought? Right. Uh, and, and are we aware of this? You know, are we really looking at what we're supposed to do as educators? Uh, and, and I think we would probably be the headmaster more often than, than Mr. Keating. Right. You know, I just want kids to regurgitate whatever they need to regurgitate so I can get a score on a test so I can have good numbers. Or they can follow my preference of ice cream flavor of of whatever it is I'm teaching in the church. But but a free thinker at 17? Wow. You know? So I don't know. I mean... Well, that's I, I remember reading this book, The Risk of Education, it totally blew my mind because of this dynamic and it made perfect sense when I saw it 
the author, Father Giassani, Luigi Giassani, uh, Italian priest, proposes that at the age of 13, the, the way in which you educate a human person change, must change really? because the human person changes. changes. Sure. And, and a couple of factors, I think, for us in the age in which we live now, it probably is lower. So it may even be like 11 years old or so. Like, I think most people listening to this will know when your kids change. Sure. If you're a teacher, you know that there's this oh, yeah. thing sure. that happens, okay? Well, that point... And then also, well, so, and basically in the beginning segment is one way you need to teach. And then in the other segment is a different way you need to teach, um, to do that. And so, um, and the, the beginning is more of what we would, is, is what we do all the time. We basically don't stop. The young kid does need to memorize. The young kid does need to just take things and look at them and, and do these things. The young kid needs to have stuff given to them. And if you can imagine a kid with a backpack going to school, uh, up until this age, you just fill the backpack, right? All kinds of stuff, fill the backpack. Uh, and what this is, is tradition. Yep. Mm -hmm. You fill them with everything that you've been given that you know you need for life. You give it to them Uh, and all kinds of things. How to shake a hand and introduce yourself to somebody yeah. and say your name. Uh, that we're in love with Jesus and you've been baptized and you're a child of God and you're a princess or a princess and uh, you know all this stuff, all you, of life. You know, I just got an interesting insight on that. So when I go to the playgrounds with my kids, I've got three. You know, eight month old, he just hangs out with me. Uh, but the three year old and the six year old, I train them to say hello to the other kids. On the oh. playground, right? So Leo and I, I model it, right? You act, Leo, you know, if you say, now say, Leo, introduce yourself and say hello and tell them your name. Um, and then they do that back and forth and then they just play, right? Um, and if there's a parent there, then I introduce myself to the parent, which usually there is, obviously. Uh, but I would expect at some point, I shouldn't still be telling my boy, Leo, right. introduce yourself now right. to the kid. Like if, if he doesn't, now he might not do it. He might not go introduce himself properly, but at some point, I can't just be repetitively te- treating yep. him like a child right. as an adult. I have to let go and freely allow him to become what it is that he's going to freely choose. Sure. Mm-hmm. And, and in hopes that he would understand why you did that. Mm. Like, why is it important to introduce myself? You know, again, this is this this ability for them... Mm. For him to take in within himself mm-hmm. that this really is valuable to me, mm-hmm. that I've found, you know, again, I, I think we've said this before, but dad's constant reminder of knowing someone's name at the checkout counter. Right. Ah. Like, it's ingrained in me. Yeah. Like, uh, the lady that sits behind the desk at the hospital, Valerie. He always called her by name. Whoever it is, whatever. And I just realized like when Nancy's at Hy-Vee, like whenever I go places, (laughs) if there are certain people, I've discovered it is very important to me. Not to, dad's gone, but he has modeled it. Yeah. And I discovered, you know, that this was important. This was important. Mm -hmm. Dave was the janitor in Brown Hall in 92 I'll never forget him. How many people know the name of their janitor in their first hall they lived in in college? But, Probably zero. But but here's the thing. It may not have translated to anybody else. Mm-hmm. And dad had to be okay with that. So this is the challenge, I think, is what happens when I model it 
and my kid doesn't take it. <laughs> right? All right. Yeah. And this is the risk we don't want. And when that so happens, what do we, do? we end up forcing it more. Or we and then we start living in front of them in a relationship that shuts them down. Right. And the relationship like the movie. becomes right. either autocratic and the person becomes a robot yep. or they become rebellious. Yeah. There's the only two options if if we don't let that freedom come. And part of it is we just need the witness that it's possible. As the parent teaching, I need another parent who's just beyond this to say, <laughs> hey, you've been doing this. Like, stop doing that now. I promise you it'll work out. Yeah. And then you can make the verification. Yeah. Oh my gosh, they were right. Like, So the need is for someone else always to be in front of you to be able to verify not an idea, but a fact that this is possible. Right. And if we haven't seen it as facts, then we're just talking nonsense. Yep. Uh, and if, and this is the importance of the authority. You on that playground are an authority. Dad in that checkout line was an authority. You might have been instructing them, which is the right thing to do. And dad could have instructed us too, which yeah. is, would be the right thing. But at a certain point, you have to become dad. And dad could have been helped and, and helped me realize before I'm 40 years old what he was doing. Right. If he would have said when I was 10, do you notice that I always introduce? You know, you should introduce. I'm 40 years old. I'm just discovering. People always ask me, wow, you really know people's names a lot. You you know, how do you sure. remember all that? I'm like, I don't know. No, I'm 40 you... <laughs> years old today. It's because my dad yeah. knew mm -hmm. the name of every person that normally I would think was not, not worth yeah. knowing. Uh and that like is in me. So both of you can learn from the other, but they're both different stages. Yep. Dad lived out the second stage of just being the witness and letting the person free. Mm -hmm. You're living out the first stage of making sure Leo and Vincent and Nicholas will know, introduce yourself to kids at the playground. You are right. the authority and it's also vital that you live according to the proposal yeah. you're making. Right. So Integrity. you have to introduce yourself to, to, yeah. the, to the parent. Yeah. Yeah. But if you don't do it, then Vince and Leo say, well, that's only when we're kids. Right. Yes. And the greatest <clears throat> scandal in the young person happens when they witness the person who is giving them the tradition not living it themselves. Right. It's the greatest chance. And it's, it's like a huge mark on their heart, on their soul, when what they're being done, if you would go and not introduce yourself to the other people at the playground, that would be a, like one of the yeah. greatest concerns. And it goes back to mom and dad. I always wonder, like, how did all of us remain faithful? There's nine kids. Mm -hmm. How do us, you know, to varying degrees, we're mm -hmm. all like still you know, aware that we are children of God and Christ is our savior. And like, if it's not and up to broken him, and broken, okay, this is it. Mom and dad didn't live Catholicism as we have all the answers for you and all those people over there doing it bad. And, and let's separate now. They went and took us out of school to go to operation rescue. And Bishop Dudley was, yeah. you know, in line for protecting people from abortion. And like, they lived something but they were totally broken. We were in counseling all the time, all the time. How many often do we go to counseling? I mean, like every other four weeks or something, you know? Uh, but what were they doing? They were saying, we aren't handing you the recipe to be the best people. We aren't handing you a recipe and saying, now get your act together. We're handing you a tradition that says we're broken. Sure. But that the spirit of God loves us, is present to us, and can help us through this time. And so it's not about being the best. It's about being authentic to what is really sure. happening. And and then this is parish life too, school life. 
I don't want a parish in Harrisburg that we're the best, all of your problems are going to solve, everybody's going to welcome you, every kid is going to be perfect. No, because then the person comes and finds out we're human and then they're scandalized. Right. Instead, we should have a big sign that says, you know what? You're probably going to find a couple of people in here who have terrible days. You're going to find a few people in here who hate life. Sure. You're going to find a few people who love life. You're going to find a few people who know Jesus. You're going to find some who are looking. You're going to find some that don't care. But the question is, when you come here and share life with us, do you recognize there's something different? Do you leave here and are you provoked by the curiosity of what's happening here? Do you see yourself smiling more? Are you aware there's someone here? Are you aware that maybe that's the proposal and that is the process of verification? And this is what the child needs to move into when they change. The second sure. stage is the parent takes the book bag and helps the kid put it in front of him and take everything out of the bag. And then the educator stands beside the student and helps them pick up one item at a time and make a verification of their life. Is this helpful to your need? Like, is this, does this answer what you're looking for? Does this uh, fit what you wanted? Is this, and you make this process. And this process is what puts them in a position that when they recognize something actually meets their human need, they're sold thousand people can tell them an ideology. You can line them up and say you're crazy. And you'll say, no, I'm not because I'm happy. Yeah. Right. Which goes back to the movie. Neil was happy acting and he knew it. He knew yes. it deep inside him. Something about it. He just, and it, and it wasn't because Mr. Keating told him to act, but that's <laughs> yeah. what everybody yeah, said. Yeah. Mr. Keating yeah. put you up to this. No, no, no. Mr. Keating let me pick it up. All right. And I saw it. Now, here's a, a little bit of a kind of the, the, the tension that you probably face. And, and what about the parent whose kids aren't faithful? And then they sit here and say, then what did we do wrong? How do you help a parent who's sitting here listening to our show and they're saying, what, what, what do we do now? Our kids are grown. They don't practice the faith of any sort. They seem to be drifting. You know, did we, did we... Did, is there anything we can do now? Is, is there help? Is there hope uh, for us as parents? Uh, or is it too late? Any thoughts? <laughs> we're both shaking. <laughs> we're both shaking our head like, yeah, yep. we've got a lot of thought. Uh, it, and what I have realized is we have a, a we have a, a cultural capacity to box education into the concept of standardized four years or, or, or standardized four walls, teacher up front, this idea that we go to school for 12 years, then we go to college, like that, that's what education is. Sure. I think if we see that as education, then we're, then it's over. Like mm -hmm. we're done. Like we, it's, that's not what I would propose education is that education is an experience of the reality of life. And that never ends. There's constantly opportunities for all people to encounter events in a day, which can bring an opportunity for the scales of their eyes to, to fall, sure. for their heart to go from stone to flesh, for their, the, 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 the disciples on the road to Emmaus to go from sadness and walking away from Jerusalem to having their hearts inflamed and to being in relationship with Christ. 
that form of education is what I like to think about, not the standardized, sure. calculated, um, cultural form of education that's done in four walls with a teacher. If that's the case, we, we, there isn't hope, but there is hope because education is more than simply standardized way of looking at it. And I have great hope because I've seen it out there. The lives of people that have been transformed through encounters. Sure. I think that's why John's proposal of hiring a communications director in some ways before he has a full-time catechist is very interesting because in my eyes, what he's doing is he's going to propose an opportunity for people to encounter stories that awaken other people to their own desire to know more. Then they're going to come to him and they're going to be like, Father, uh, sure. my heart's burning within me yeah. for scripture yeah. study. Or, so there's hope. In, in a sense, it's probably the, the, the how your adult education class began at O'Gorman. You taught the kid. Totally. You taught yeah. the kid. The kid went home and was different. The parent said, what happened to you? Yes. So Dusty Coleman was the, the student. The book was uh, a Philadelphia Catholic in King James Court. He would go home and read it, and he would share it with his mother. And Julie Coleman, his mother, said, will you please teach me? Will you please please show us what you're doing with, with my son? And I said, I, I don't know. And she said, here's the deal. You paint in the summer as a teacher. How about I get my friends to come pay you to teach us in the summer as adults? And then you don't. That's how it all started because a parent wanted to know what was it that was going on that changed or or, or inflamed the love of faith in their own son. Yeah. And right there is um, a a place to pay attention to how how I think what we really need is different than what we're used to and in a sense it's scary because we are being called to a risk ourselves sure. we have to take a journey that we're not used to we want a book we want the easy way we want these things right. um and the fact of the matter is i could try and do a thousand things to do what you do and fail to see it's you they need you they need yeah. to see the way they need to share life with you they need to look at the way you do it they need the way that this transmits is by a sharing of a human journey and so the more that you like are able to see the way they do it and then make the verification so my one of my encouragements is for parents who have sort of have kids they're wondering what find people who have what you want and pay attention to them Ask them to share life. Right. Go to dinner. Ask them what they're doing. You know. <laughs> yeah. And now you don't have to just take everything they say, but like allow yourself to see the world in a different perspective. And maybe you'll find out that it was very different. People think the Rutten family has two priests and that we like did it all right. No, you should go ask Monica Rutten <laughs> and you should share life with Monica Rutten, not just take her answers. You should go see the life of Monica Rutten yeah. and then you'll be like, oh my gosh. They have two priests? No, I'm not saying, sorry, mom. It's not, no, we love but you. But it's like, if home. you lived inside our house at 732 West 8th Street, the last thing you would think is two that there priests. would be two priests and we, in some sense, love Jesus and that you'd be teaching in a Catholic sure. education yep, yep, setting. Yep. You know, so all of that to be said is you need witnesses and then you need to share life with them. You can't just like take a book from them or ask them their top favorite quotes or like, no, you got to share life with them. And then it happens by like us. Most of you like, ah, that's where I could do it differently. And the second thing I'll say is what I say to most parents. Well, number one, we need mercy. And Mm -hmm. I think the difficulty of educators in front of this apparent failure is a sign that we don't know Jesus. 
And that sounds really like strong, but who is the savior of the world if in front of someone who isn't where they're supposed to be, I'm lost? Yeah. I, I need mercy. I need the I need Jesus Christ to be a real presence in such a way that everybody else around me can totally fail and I can experience you still love me. Right. See, we have fallen, we're passing on this thing that is actually the problem. I don't know a merciful God that loves me in spite of all of my failure. Right. So I don't want to admit my failure. So therefore, all of this hasn't really transmitted in in regard to faith. But if I really learn through my surrender to say, here I am, Lord. Here, this is what I, this is where I am. Uh, wow, what's baptism? Is it possible that even here, you like have a plan for me? Mm. And then you can sense like, a new possibility happen and you're less tied to the results of everybody else and you start paying attention to my heart i need a relationship with god that isn't dependent upon others relationships and that's then becomes the new education and like this new thing that happens in you is what possibly transmit a new possibility to the other people and with that i always i tell parents if you've made failures in how you've raised your children you look at them once honestly we have to look at it. The tension is what's going to produce the transformation. Mm. We try to not be living the tension. What did you really do? Write it down once and go to confession. And every time it comes back, you know that you are listening to the wrong voice. Sure. Because what do parents do? What do I do as a pastor, as a priest? I go over and I just beat myself oh, up over yeah. and over and over again. Go to confession one time, and every time it comes back, we then know, okay, there's a there's a voice I'm listening to that's not of God. What's going on here? And then what I would tell you is, pick up the book, The Risk of Education, by Father Luigi Giassani. Transformative. It has, it's not the kind of book that gives you like all the, it's not synthetic, sure. but inside there is dynamite for how to train altar servers, for how to uh, raise children, for how to be a teacher, for how to help at the daycare, for how to, it's like, what is a human person and how do you educate a human person in these two stages? Well, so the, the idea of, just the folks out there listening, right? Uh, that <laughs> we know there's a crisis in the church and in the world. In the middle of it all, we're authentically following somebody, not something per se. Um, my objective is, to, but the challenge I have is I so want to follow somebody through the teaching like Jesus is the way, the truth, and the life, right? So he is the truth. There's a doctrinal component that is an expression of the true realities of our faith. It is so easy for me to jump on the doctrine and to ride that horse and to follow <laughs> that coattail right. and to do that thing. I love Veritati's Splendor, yep. The Splendor of Truth by John Paul II. I think it's one of the most unbelievably mind-shattering documents ever, right? Well, I have this propensity toward in the intellectual life, right. not toward the arts, not necessarily right. toward uh, uh, the the life of justice in service to the to those that are downtrodden. Like my heart, just as in the Dead Poet Society, the young man's heart found expression in 
in theater, my heart finds expression in the intellectual life. Sure. And I have a tendency to only look at or to try and communicate the faith and the Christ proposal through that. And I need to broaden this and not say, um, here's how everybody ought to receive it. I need to be able to express and live out how it is that I find my relationship with Christ give, being given meaning, but I need to <laughs> help all of these people say, how is it that you, you have been created to to find a deeper relationship with Christ? There's this lady out in New York who's a Catholic theater person, right? And like she talks about how she finds life most on the stage. And I think, I don't know that if she was one of my students that I would have helped her find life in Christ by being a better actor. Now I look back and I can see that. But at the time, I would have been trying to tell her to find Christ by the doctrines of the church. Now, that's the, that's my tension. Like, how do I help educate a world in which maybe... I don't, I don't, you see well, the, question, the question is, are the doctrines of the church speaking of reality? Yes. Right. right. But that's not the only way no, in which. No, no, but it's your way. It and is so my, I think this yeah. is the challenge that you simply have to propose to her this reality that you did find Christ this way. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Yep. That she doesn't have to. Gotcha. Yep. 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 But you can't, you can't pretend to find it in theater no 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 so, so that's so you have to say but what did you find and this i think is the challenge and and this i think was pope francis talked about in this holiness because what happens is then all i have to do is tell them i just have to tell them like this is the problem people haven't been told what the truth is right no people haven't met jesus christ <laughs> yes yeah. yes and yes, so am yes, i yes. hiding behind these documents because it frees me from having to make a judgment or to enter into the messiness of life. And I just said, well, the document says, you know, and this is what the document says and it's, it's true. And so if it's true, it's good and it's beautiful. So it doesn't bring me life. Am I alive before it? Do I have freedom before it because of this? Mm -hmm. Uh, And I think they could see it in you. The challenge though is, is how do you let them? And again, back to the movie, Mr. Keating didn't make anybody necessarily do it his way. They each had to come to it on their own. But he made each of them get up and do it. For instance, the In one kid that way. doesn't want to read his poetry, well, he was like, I know yep. this scares you. Yep. <laughs> you but know. he also let the one who had the two-line poetry be poetry. Be poetry. Yep. Because he followed, I mean, so... We have to allow people to... So you met Jesus Christ... Uh, this is fascinating. This. Isn't this wonderful? I love this this fluid conversation about a topic of education that just has so much uh, depth to it. We could continue to plumb this thing, I think, for a while. Yeah, and I th- I think in the end, everything centers on it must be about a person. Yeah. That only when I meet a person does all of the stuff begin to make to sense. Make sense. Yeah. And when I come to your home and Vincent runs around screaming, Father Johnny, Father Johnny, Father Johnny, Father Johnny. Everything changes. Yeah. Everything we, changes. I'll clean up after you. I'll take care of you. I'll lie, you know, uh, we need the person of Jesus Christ, and it all begins to illuminate. And we pray today that you encounter him as we pray. In the name of the Father, Father the, the Son, Son and, the and the Holy Spirit. Spirit. Amen. Amen.
Our Father, we thank you for your love and for your many blessings, especially for the precious gift of each other. Help us to show our gratitude by loving each other as you love us. Make us understanding and patient with one another, quick to admit our failings and ask forgiveness, generous in sharing the joy and strength we can give each other. Father, give our family lively faith and the courage to share it with those around us. Direct us to the state in life you plan for each of us and help us to use your gifts to serve you. We entrust our family to your fatherly care. Preserve us from the corruption of the modern world and help us draw closer daily to you and to each other until we come to share with you the joys of heaven. Jesus, Mary, and Joseph, help us to be a holy family. Amen. St. Joseph, pray for us. Thank you for listening to the Rutten Radio program on Real Presence Radio. We hope you'll join us again next month. You've been listening to Rutten Radio on Real Presence Radio. To hear today's episode again, visit our website, yourcatholicradiostation.com, and find it on the Sioux Falls podcast page. You can also find it on our app under podcasts and special events. And be sure to tune in for more Rutten Radio next month. Rutten Radio on the Real Presence Radio Network. We listen to David Anders in the afternoon, and those conversion stories are really so fun to hear, and it's fun to hear somebody call in, and you can hear their conversion kind of happening over the phone, and you can kind of see St. Paul, you know, Saul being knocked off his horse on the phone call. It doesn't happen every day, but every so often you hear it happening, and you know that tens of thousands of people are praying for this person. And so when I said earlier that I gave money that we didn't really have, um, Mother Teresa says you give till it hurts, right? Didn't she say that? And um, so whenever I want to give, and I'm always wanting to hang back just a little bit, you know, I can, I can afford this amount. And I know that God is pushing me a little bit more. So I think of that, give till it hurts. And so I push it a little bit more. And then when those conversion stories are happening, God speaks to me and says, you got to keep giving because you're helping with that conversion. Paulson Monuments in Canton, South Dakota uses professional equipment to craft thousands of designs for any memorial needed. They help in planning needs like who the memorial is for, where it's going, installation, and budget expectations. Paulson Monuments is located right off Highway 18 in Canton. Their website is paulsonmonuments.com. At Avera, we have an option to fit your schedule any day or hour of the week so you can get back to life. Preventative care appointments at your neighborhood clinic. Walk-in visits at six Avera Now clinics inside Hyvee. Three convenient locations for urgent care on evenings and weekends or 24-7 emergency care. Don't want to leave the house? See a provider 24-7 for simple illnesses with the Avera Now app. Learn more at avera.org slash Sioux Falls Options. 
Tallgrass Recovery offers a community-based, mentor-focused, 12-step approach. The Tallgrass Recovery Mentor Program is an innovative, cost-effective approach to their 30-day residential program for substance abuse. The Tallgrass staff draw from a group of over 200 volunteers from the recovery community and assign each mentor to a guest by drawing from their own experiences to promote wellness and recovery. You can reach out by calling 605-368-5559.